have you ever wanted to get off the dieting merry-go-round and actually lose weight? This episode is all about how letting go of your emotional weight just makes the physical weight drop off. Join me and disruptive health coach Carol May as we discuss all about releasing your emotional weight and being free of dieting forever. Welcome to another episode of The Menopause Project. This is the show where women share their experiences of their peri to post-menopause transition and where experts empower and educate you around different aspects of living well and having a positive mindset. I am your host, Clarissa Christensen. I'm a menopause transition specialist and I am also a speaker and an author. I have a deep passion that women can thrive through this time of life with the right support and knowledge. So join me each week as I interview a different guest on a different aspect of this, probably the biggest transition in a woman's life. Welcome to another episode of the Menopause Project. Nearly forgot what that was called there. And today we're going to be talking about weight. And I think all of us in this time of life can think about weight, but maybe not just our physical weight, but our emotional weight gain, which I'm fascinated that today's guest, Carol May, who I think is wonderful, calls herself a disruptive health coach and someone who also works with eating disorders. Welcome to the show, Carol. Thank you, Clarissa. It's good to be here. Great. I'd just love for my listeners to learn a little bit about you, Carol, and how you came to be a disruptive health coach. Well, I was a lifelong dieter and emotional eater. Um, I learned to eat emotionally when I was very, very young. Mm. And I didn't recognize it at the time. It wasn't something back then in the 50s and 60s that, excuse me, was recognized and talked about. Um, and so over the years, you know, I hated my body, hated the way I looked. I was a very tall girl. So I felt big when I wasn't big. Mm. And, um, so I had this life that was, um, on the outside, really happy. And on the inside was very painful and full of, um, probably despair because, You know, we've been taught that if you eat too much, you put on weight. So to lose weight, you should eat less. And I did what I was taught. um, And somehow I got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it caused me a lot of pain. And when I was uh, in my 50s, um, I retrained as a as a weight loss coach because I thought I'd found something that worked. It was like a miracle. And hey, look, you know, it works. I can teach other people. It included counseling. I was already trained in counseling and I loved it. Worked in groups. I absolutely loved it. And then my personal life went down the toilet. And I probably put on two stone in two weeks. And at that point, I thought, okay, I need to start looking at this slightly differently. 
So that's what happened. You know, I had to, <clears throat> I had to heal myself first. Yeah. Um, so that part of my journey was very uh, slow, painful, um, but it felt like a rebirth to me. And in fact, I changed, you know, we, we don't realize how much we change. It's other people who notice how much we change. And my daughter said to me, she said at one Christmas, she said, mum, she said, are you ill? I said, no. She said, but you've changed. And I said, uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> so you are ill. <clears throat> no, I've just changed. You can't just change. You must be ill to change. <laughs> no, no, no. I changed. Mm. So she said, okay, then you're just weird. <laughs> I'll, I'll take. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Drawing that kind of, you know, outcome yeah. from changing. Yeah. And, you know, my children are adults and, and they, they put me in a box. So they put me in that box of mother, woman, um, you know, uh, married to their dad, behaved in a certain way. And then suddenly I wasn't in that box anymore. And they were confused. And it's taken us, yes, I can understand it. Absolutely, I can understand it. And it's taken us six years as a family, me and my two children, to get to a place where we accommodate each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think also the fact that this happened in your 50s mm. You've been a long time their mum a certain way. And, and, and irrespective of whether it's your children or your partner or whoever it is, when we make big change, people are like, what's happened? And sometimes they're very positive. Maybe our friends are very positive or our family are very positive. But not mm. always. It, it's frightening for them too when we make sharp turn corners like that and we're sort of different. Even if for us it's taken a long time. Um, Absolutely. <clears throat> and I think because we, we change how, I know I changed how I spoke about things um, and I was calmer and, you know, I'd, I'd, my body had released all of this weight really quickly and they're like, okay, but do you know what? It took my son five years to say, hmm, I think mum's lost some weight. <laughs> really interesting but I think if we dial back the fact that your weight just went boom all of a sudden so quickly just you know for me when I heard that I thought gosh that's so typical of what happens when we go through stressful emotionally stressful situations and that it can happen to all of us at any time yes. that our weight can do that. And we're not necessarily sitting on a couch and, and feeding our face with lots of sugar or something that's unhealthy, but it just shows that there is so many other mechanisms, aren't there, Carol, going on around Absolutely. our weight that doesn't get, you know, if you like, put into the normal dialogue about weight. Yes, we, we think that excess weight is because we've eaten excess calories, because that's what we've been taught all these yes. years. And in fact, the weight, a bit like pain, 
is a representation of our emotions. Mm. So the weight, I look at, at clients and what I see is somebody with huge emotional baggage and pain. I don't see someone who's fat. No, no, no. And you, and you don't because you could be really thin and you could <clears throat> explode in weight. And, and I think we can be going through big hormonal changes like yes. perimenopause can, and, and that can hit us very quickly as both you and I know that suddenly, I mean, you can be where you are in, in a friend of mine, she was saying, well, I'm there in November, I'm training for a, for a triathlon. And in, in February I've exploded in weight and I'm a gibbering wreck. And that was all to do with hormones. It had nothing to do with the fact that she was eating more. In fact, she was at her fittest ever. Mm, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I hit perimenopause 20 years ago now. But 20 years ago, people didn't talk about it in any way, shape or form. And it was only because my hairdresser said, oh, you've got, you've got bald patches, your hair's falling out. <laughs> and because I'd suffered from years of chronic depression and social anxiety, the fact that I felt more depressed and more anxious, I did not link with menopause at all. I didn't. So I just felt really bad, really unhappy. Um, and then my body started changing shape. And I'm thinking, how on earth is it doing that when I haven't changed what I'm eating? <laughs> and, <clears throat> you know, I developed breasts that maybe look like my mother. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that too. I can yeah. definitely relate to that too. Like what's going on? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I thought, where on earth have they come from? <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's just completely bonkers to me. Yeah. Now, of course, we talk about it, but back then we didn't. And so none of my friends talked about it. So I was, I was lost and and at that point was i think um my mother-in-law died and that's when my now ex-husband went down the road of becoming an alcoholic <clears throat> so everything like mine <laughs> the same um, yeah and it's tough and so everything went off a cliff yeah. including me yeah. and um and so I, I put on weight really quickly and then I trained as the, as a weight loss counselor and thought I found them the Holy grail. Mm. And then I realized that I'm a huge rebel. So I didn't want to follow the system. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. <Go. laughs> huge resistance. And now I know what the resistance was. The resistance was slightly rebellious, but also it was an emotional resistance, mm. fear that I had not, I hadn't unearthed it. Yeah. And, and I had clients come to me with the most horrendous trauma in their lives who should never have been in a group, ever. And I learned so much from that. I spent three years doing that work and I learned so much from that during which time I trained in eating disorders and worked out why mm. clients like that need to work one-to-one. -one. Yeah, it's interesting, and, isn't it? They get channeled yeah. into groups 
which are now online as well or yes or, or just you do this online course without any guidance and yeah. quite frightening actually it is quite frightening yeah it is. um <clears throat> and now what i say to people is it's about creating your own rules not following anybody else's rules yeah. which is why i say i'm a disruptive health coach because i never I never say to people, you have to eat this, you have to eat that, and da, da 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 I just take them off sugar. And then once they're clean of sugar, we can talk about all the emotions that come up, which always happens, always, always, always. Yeah. And, <clears throat> but after this period of time as a weight loss um, counsellor, um, that's when my marriage actually fell apart. Yes. And, you know, I ended up homeless, bankrupt, everything in my 50s wow. and living with my son's neighbors <laughs> which I mean, <laughs> wow. can't make this stuff up really no. but they had they had emotional issues as well they'd lost mm. their daughter the previous wow. year and I think I was there to with my skills to help them Yes, that's like the universe they... doing its thing, isn't it? It yes. finds us to be in the right places. Yes. At the right And mm. absolutely it does. Mm. And so, you know, I, I'm not one that looks back with regret. I don't look back at my weight journey with regret. I look back at it with interest and go, oh, yes. Now, that, the weight rocketed up like that because of so much stress in my body that you know the the uh, fight or flight um process had kicked in i couldn't think positively with, with the front of my brain i was straight back in the reptilian brain mm -hmm. so my body's going oh 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 let's let's just store everything because yes. i'm really good at storing yes i'm really yes, good yes, at storing yes. just fact absolutely <clears throat> that's what we do and that's exactly what the body is doing it's thinking this is going to last you've got to survive as a human being and it just, we go back, because you're right, the reptilian brain, the most basic Stone Age man's mechanisms of survival are just totally in play. And mm. one of those is to store everything we eat as fat in case there isn't any other food that's going to come along. We, we are almost not in control of that mechanism. Just like we're our not. breathing is, we're not, our breathing is shallow. We mm. are tense in our muscles and our bodies, our guts are shut down in certain ways. Mm. And, and that's actually what's happening now when we're going through this, you know, COVID-19 yeah. um, issue is that, you know, people went out shopping <laughs> with that reptilian brain in charge. <laughs> and it's like their, their, their fear, their base fear was that they'd starve. Oh, yes. as simple as yeah. That. I mean, and that's why we stocked up on, you know, mountains of pasta. Yeah. Yeah. In a lifetime. <laughs> yeah because you know carbs carbs is what we need because our body converts it all to sugar and it's like yeah this is easy peasy stuff i can run away from the monsters if i'm stocked up with carbs absolutely and it's um, why we eat when we feel stressed a lot of people reach it aren't don't they for chocolate yeah. and ice cream and because it's the sugar's quick converting to the energy that the fight fight mechanism I'm, if i'm correct is telling us we yes. need, we might have to run yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Um, <clears throat> and that's one source of emotional eating. Yes. Now, the, the other things are when we have trauma in our lives. Mm -hmm. So 
And I label trauma as big T and little T. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we can, um, Brene Brown says, you know, that we mustn't compare our trauma with anybody else's. Um, So, you know, at the moment people are going, well, you know, yes, I can't do this and I can't do that, but I'm going to be grateful because, right? So that's, that's little T trauma. Yes. Then you get big T trauma, which in my client shows up as um, probably um, sexual um, things, Mm -hmm. uh, either as a child or as an adult. Yes. Um, it can show up as abandonment. So, you know, one, one client, she was abandoned as a baby in her cot overnight frequently. Yeah. And she, that, so she can't, she didn't consciously remember that, but that's there in her body. She's holding that pain. Yeah. You hold that body. pain and it comes out in eating. And I see that, you yeah. know, my, in my husband, who as a child was constantly sent away because his mother was ill and he comes from Iceland, they sent him to remote farms in Iceland. And that's come out in addictive behaviour in later life. Mm. And, and that, in his case, it's not food. But I understand that is, that is yeah. a traumatic. And it took ages with a counsellor, with a therapist to work through what on earth was going on underneath all this. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when I talk about releasing your pounds of pain... It's, it's about those, all those emotions that created that in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what I learned from that was it's all of the, it's all this negative stuff. So for me, my story was around perceived abandonment because my father was in the Navy because he went away for three months at a time. You know, my, my darling daddy went away. Yeah. How very dare he? Um, And um, so I created that story when I was very, very young. Mm. And so I then learned to self-soothe with certain foods. Yes. Because that's what we do. Yes. And and so it went on. And I think that, um, and, and I had... Certainly back then, and it's getting a little bit better now, but certainly all the way back then, we didn't talk about our emotions and feelings. No, no, we did. And it's a very new thing to yeah. do. That. I think it's really only come up. I think it's our younger generation, our Gen Y, our millennials who talk more yeah. about their emotions. And then that has kind of filtered now out into society more broadly. But no, as a woman who's about to approach 60, we didn't talk about our emotions. No. No. So, you know, we, we weren't what was called emotionally intelligent. So, you know, I stuffed all that down with food Mm -hmm. and then it remained there because I didn't deal with that stuff. But what happened was when I, when I did deal with that stuff with the help of the most amazing woman, when I learned to let go, I let go of anger against my ex-husband I let go of the victim in me around my life now it's you know it's like it's not as easy as that you know it took months and months of work to do that so I let go of my feelings of entitlement to all of those feelings oh yes big one right so it's like you know he did the dirty on me. Yes, my life was like that. 
that actually we can choose how we feel. And we can, when, we can definitely when, choose how yeah. we feel. When I learnt that and started incorporating that in my life, it felt, I, well, the way I described it to Wendy at the time was, it was like I had a backpack of baggage mm-hmm. went all the way down to the floor. It was really heavy. Mm-hmm. And it was like I took it off and my shoulders just reached. They just, you know, yeah. I opened. I opened out my heart and everything just opened out. And it was like I had a physical feeling of letting go of that baggage. Amazing. Amazing. It, yeah, uh, it's... It, it's not about weight it's about letting it's that letting go wow and freeing yeah yeah absolutely and it happens when it happens right you see it when you see it it's what we teach um in what they call the three principles now um and my own coach is a three principles coach so um, we talk about this all the time, but it is just about, <clears throat> you know, it's a bit like saying, well, my bank account says X, therefore I'm going to be really stressed and anxious about the fact that my bank account says X. And I'm going to focus on that. Actually, you can't do anything about that number because that number is there. It exists. Yes. What you can do is stop looking at that and look at how, what can you do to change that number? Exactly. It's a very different way of looking at it. Yeah. And that's the same, uh, isn't it, Carol, being focused on your actual weight and how many kilos yes. you weigh the whole time. Yes. Yeah. Instead yes. of actually saying, how could I be fitter or, or how, how could I feel better about myself? We, we, and I think a lot of weight loss programs that I see, not that I've ever bothered, is all about how you get the kilos to a certain weight. And if I've ever tried, yeah. it never worked for me. No. I st- no. I've stayed the same weight for years because that's obviously the yeah. way my body likes yes. to sleep. Yeah. Yes. And I think, you know, there's so much around that. Firstly, you can't hate yourself slim. And one of the one of the coaches that I follow in in the states, and that's what she says as well. You cannot hate your body slim. Mm. So <clears throat> this is about completely changing your thinking to how can I nourish and cherish me mm. and my body. So it's me inside, yes, and then the body changes on the outside, yes. Which is why, you know, when I was working with Wendy, I wasn't working on my weight. No. What happened was that a month down the line, my trousers fell down at work. (laughs) (laughs) And I thought, I thought, oh, (laughs) hang on a second. Yes. Okay. I'll weigh myself because I don't weigh myself very often. I have scales here. And I'd lost 21 pound in a month. And I thought, no. <laughs> and, and that was about letting go of this weight. Yes. The emotional, yes. So I talk about releasing weight. it. Yeah, releasing yes. it, yes. Releasing the emotional weight, actually the physical weight was no longer required. No, no, no. And, you know, so, so when people say to me, you know, I follow this diet and I follow that diet and, you know, blah, 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 but the weight doesn't change. No, because that's not what the weight represents. It's, no. what, it's what, it, what the weight represents. Your, your lifetime 
of trauma, whether that's big T or little T. Yes. And <clears throat> your feelings around it. Yes. How much and how much you've focused in on those aspects, or how much they've impacted you in, on an emotional level, I suppose. Yes. 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 Wow. Absolutely. absolutely. So, and and that's the change my children saw was the fact that I'd released all of those feelings, those negative emotions mm. and feelings. <clears throat> and I started talking differently. Well, you would, because suddenly that the language associated with those feelings was kind of gone too. So, yeah. 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 And, and what I found since then is that people are drawn to me. Um, I went to my cousin's wedding a couple of years ago, and, and this, this guy was talking to me. And my sister said to me after, what? talking about I said we were talking about the world she just looked at me (laughs) he said to me I feel drawn to speak to you but he said about big stuff about the state of the world and and everything else and we just went straight down that rabbit hole and talked about it and talk about amazing amazing because there was something about your openness yeah Yeah. I would have thought he would have felt that and it's not about you saying anything he's just it's a feeling there. it's a feeling yeah and you know I realized when I'd let go of these that I had never felt emotions in my body ever not ever I had never felt love in my body mm. I knew intellectually I loved my children I would do anything for them I'd walk through fire for them but I couldn't feel it in my body and then suddenly I started feeling it it's like whoosh <laughs> it's like, okay this is how it's supposed to feel and that's quite common isn't it carol that we can't actually feel our emotions we're out of touch with that we're very in our heads and even if we say to people to drop in and feel their feel into their bodies they visualize and intellectualize it Mm. because because we just don't know how to to be there and be in touch with those emotions no, I, I did have a client who said, I can't visualize. It's not possible. I'm not, I'm not able to. Now I know because of the work she did, very um, analytical. Mm. And so she just had told herself that story that she couldn't do that. Now it takes practice. That's the other thing. Yes. And, and also there's no right or wrong. So, you know, when I learned about hypnosis, what I learned was that 60 to 70% of people only go in very lightly. Mm. So they're very aware of what's going on around them. You get a very small percentage that will go straight down. Yeah. Really deep. And you can plant anything into their brain. (laughs) (laughs) It's both good and bad. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... You know, when I was training, I, I had I <clears throat> practiced with one of the other ladies who actually I spoke to on a call the other day. And three years on, she's still eating salad and tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because, you know, her request was, I, I don't eat it. I'd like to know, can you do that for me? Can you implant that into my brain? Yes, actually, I could. Because she was very susceptible. But most of us are not so susceptible. So, <clears throat> you know, the level that we go we drop down when we're say meditating mm. or visualizing varies considerably mm. and nobody ever tells you that no I think a lot of people think that you're going and a lot that's why a lot of people give up isn't it I mean yeah. 
I'm a meditation teacher and I know that a lot of people say, no, it's too hard, I can't do this, because they can't actually just be there. Yeah, uh, and be present in the moment. Present in that moment and stay there and, and have no expectations that anything is particularly going to happen. Yes. You're just there. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, their expectations of what it's going to be are set by something that they've heard, read, whatever it is. They're not actually open and just going to accept what happens. And, you know, there is no definitive way of experiencing meditation. No. Um, and, you know, what, what I have discovered is that we spend so much time in the past and the future we're not very good at being in the present. Mm, we're not. <laughs> we aren't. And, That's just you know, not the way our brains are constructed. I know. No. So, you know, we, we don't give ourselves enough time in the present moment mm. to feel and experience everything. Correct. So, you know, we don't feel our emotions and then we don't talk about them. No. And, and so, then we wonder why <clears throat> things like weight loss is going yeah. to be quick. Yeah. we're out here in the future we're already you know i'm going to be thin in six weeks time because that's what the course says so that's yeah. it. and it and it might be a year it might be more goodness only knows yeah. how much we've got to release but we're not we're not programmed in some way to to do that we're programmed no. everything has to be quick and happens in the future mm. and and it's on a time scale mm. and and also what i've discovered is some people you know, some of my clients they might lose or sorry, release, I prefer the word release, yeah. um, they might release some weight, a big chunk of weight, and then it plateaus for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. And they go, oh, but I'm still doing, you know, I'm still eating the same way. Why isn't it yeah. dropping? You know, you should, you should lose, should, yeah, sure. two pounds a week. I love that should. <laughs> yeah. I love that should word. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually, there is no should about it. Yeah. We're all individuals. And this is about what your body wants. Yes. Um, so one of the things that I teach them is how to use kinesiology to find out what their body wants to eat. Yes. And they love that. That's very empowering. Mm. Um, because then they're creating their own rules. If they want to call it rules. You know, I just... Yeah. <clears throat> You know, I, I now work in, in a way that is, um, you know, I know, I can ask myself, my body, are you hungry or are you not? Now, because I have allowed myself to feel physically hungry for the mm -hmm. first time in my life. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> then I ask myself, do I want some, would I want this or that? Yes. And I get the answers. Now, I teach them a kinesiology way of doing that and they love it because you know, they'll discover that actually at that particular moment in time, their body doesn't want cheese or no. it doesn't want butter. It wants chocolate. <laughs> so, yeah. but, you know, in intuitive eating is that way of eating. It's nothing is banned. It's like, it's just asking your body, what does it want? Yeah. And it will tell you yes or no. And I did this once um, in a group, in a networking group, which is mostly men, very cynical. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, they would be cynical about feeling things, yes. Yeah, but so blown away by it. 
you know, because basically you use your body as a pendulum and you hold the food and you just say to your body, do you want this right now? Yes or no. And it'll tell you. And it was just, and they went, no, that can't be right. Give me another food. Let me see. Let me try it with something else. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And they go, oh, it's a bit woo-woo. Oh, I don't care what you call it. You can label it anything you like. I said, yeah. what I know is that, you know, we are born with the innate wisdom mm. or around food. We, our oh. body knows yes. when it's hungry, yes. what it wants, yes. when it's full. Yes everything <clears throat> we yes. lose it well, we and get it trained out of us it's almost like at school the innate ability to listen to tune in is just eradicated by rules mm-hmm. and structure yeah. and it takes it probably does take some trauma in our life don't you think carol for us to to somehow get back into listening yes i think it does and um and it's interesting you know, looking around the people that I know and my own family mm. and how, like my son, for instance, he's had, he's had counselling several times now um, because he just knew that that was time to look at things. Yes. Now, I don't know any of the details, none at all. I don't need to. All I know is that he was open mm. to learning yeah. about his feelings and that's okay. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, <clears throat> when I first had counselling, there was a lot of shame around it. Yes. People didn't talk about it. But now, you know, whatever that therapy is, whatever it is, mm. um, you know, I think it's important for us to learn how to, to be how we're meant to be. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing to say, Carol. Mm. To be how we're meant to be. Mm. And I think if we and can take that philosophy out into life. That, yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. We'll make mu- yeah. we'll have much happier lives, the thing we're all searching for, if we could just mm. be how we were meant to be, instead of how everybody mm. else thinks we should be, or worst hair still, how we think we should be. Yeah. Because... I grew up trying to be something that other people wanted me to be without the confidence to be the person that I was meant to be. Mm. And now I'm the person that was meant to be. It it felt like I'd been reborn. Mm. So, um, you know, in in, um, one one of my um, speaker um, slots um, for Women of Spirit, I actually started with, I was born, I uh, started with, I'm a recovering people pleaser and I was born four years ago. (laughs) And people go, okay, this sounds interesting, weird, but interesting. (laughs) I love it. And it's true. We are reborn and we can be. We all can be. Carol, if you had one or two key tips for people who are there at this stage with, you know, trapped in this, weight unhappy with where they are where would you first direct them to to start on on a journey to change that right so the first thing i would say to people is that um is to cut sugar out of your diet Mm. and that includes the white carbs no cold turkey 
Um, it's not easy, but you know what? Even the most hardened sugar addicts I know are probably better by day four. Yeah. It happens really quickly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> at that point, the emotional stuff comes up. Mm. Get some help. Yeah. Find somebody that you connect with who will work with you about the emotional stuff that's that's inside you yeah yeah um and i i think the other thing too is to it, it's about joy around eating and food mm. um i started life as a home economist and i love food i love good food mm. you know i was trained as a cordon bleu cook i love good food and you know I've seen Prue Leith now on the TV. I followed Prue Leith from the beginning of her career. <clears throat> you know, she's about 80 now. <laughs> she's in her 70s, but, <clears throat> you know, I'm mid-60s. So um, she was like somebody that I followed as, oh, yeah, she's done this, this, this. Yeah. Um, but it was about good food. You know, it was about quality of food. Mm. So buy the best quality food you can afford. Yeah. Um, and cook from fresh. They're wonderful, wonderful first steps for people to start on a different journey with relationship to food, weight, and themselves, to be themselves. Carol, mm. where can people learn more about the work you do and get in touch with you? Um, I am on, I, I post all my foodie stuff on Instagram. <laughs> Um, which is my name, and then All Shapes and Sizes Solutions. Mm. On Facebook, I have um, my profile, my business page, which is All Shapes and Sizes Solutions. I run groups on Facebook, mm. um, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. So I don't have a website because I've never felt the need for one. <laughs> and I, you know, it's like, well, why be like everybody else? Um, <clears throat> and most of those profiles have got my contact details, my emails and my phone number. Yeah. Um, but just private message me. You know, on any of those three platforms, just private message me. I'm happy to have a chat at any time. I love, I love chatting. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Carol, for coming on the Menopause Project and chatting and sharing your journey your wisdom and inspiring us to know that we can just, we can be who we're meant to be. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I hope that you found that episode really inspiring. And if you are locked in diet prison and struggling to lose the weight, then check out Carol's Facebook, Instagram, or connect with her on LinkedIn send her a message and see how you by dropping your emotional weight releasing it could actually change the physical weight that you've been struggling to lose if you are a woman going through perimenopause looking for more support connect with me Clarissa Christensen at clarissachristensen.com and let's start a conversation and please don't forget to like, share and subscribe to this podcast. I'll be back next week 
where I'll be talking to Susan Wheeler all about how you make lemonade when life is throwing lemons at you. Until next time, go well. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.